Holly G with the Golf Insiders for this edition of Tour Talk. We go to Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Bob, another big win for Sam Burns down the stretch at the Sanderson Farms Championship in Jackson, Mississippi on Sunday. My listeners may remember he won his first event in the spring at our very own Valspar Championship at Innisbrook. He is a hot and rising talent. He sure is. I, and, you know, I, I don't think this is a surprise to a lot of people. Um, you know, he's sort of shown those tendencies in his first couple of years on tour. Um, you know, he was in the playoffs at the World Golf event in Memphis, too. That's right. So, you know, that Abe answer one, um, Hideki was in that, um, uh, you know, he had a chance there. So, uh, you know. Stricker must have been looking at him pretty seriously as a captain's pick based on that, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, his was a name that was thrown around also, you know, as a possibility. And, you know, the thing he had over Scheffler at least was a win. Right. You know, Scheffler hasn't won. So um, now you're starting to see why, wow, that was even more of a possibility, you know, why that made, would have made some sense. You know, he's, he's highly regarded, and he was up there in the points, you know, just sort of hanging around. So, uh, but in any case, you know, again, as we were talking about before, you know, he's another guy who has a chance to be in this U.S. President's Cup, Ryder Cup mix for a long time, and, and he wasn't even on the team this year. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to be stacked for a while, Bob. It's it's looking like going to be a lot of young players. And um, interestingly, uh, Phil Mickelson was um, asked about you know what uh, what it was like to transition from you know playing to being a a vice captain, and he said he he really learned a lot. The question of you know, does does he think he can ever play again on the team? And he was the one that pointed to just the depth of talent uh, that's coming up in terms of the future Ryder Cups. Yeah, you know, there's a couple of things to unpack there. I mean, first of all, you know, I I <clears throat> I sort of you know am, am uh, happy to hear him say he wants to try to make the Presidents Cup team. Yes. You know, you know, good. Good for him. You know, go for it. You should. You should put everything into that, you know. And if, I'll be honest, I don't know the exact points criteria, but I have a feeling the PGA Championship counted. Like, in other words, they were, they've were they been accumulating some level of points this year. Interesting. You know, so, so it's not like he's, like, way out of it or anything. Um. But the other thing was is that he said he learned a lot as being a vice captain. <clears throat> well, there you go. Isn't that why we're doing it that way? Or, you know, the U.S. is doing it that way? It's why, why Europe has sort of followed that model. You groom captains by being assistants first, you know. And Phil, who kind of got that whole ball rolling at Glen Eagle seven years ago with the whole – Tom Watson fiasco and then the, the emergence Task of the force. right, which you know still to this day is sort of ridiculed. But look, it's it it served its purpose. It's maybe they should have come up with a different name, 
But the idea was is to get a bunch of people in a room and talk about how are we going to do this going forward. And say what you want, this is what they wanted. They wanted to have consistency among, you know, they basically set forth a plan where no Ryder Cup captain would be a captain without first having been an assistant in, in, in either or both the Ryder Cup or the President's Cup. And then there was a, you know, stipulation that an outgoing captain would then be an assistant, you know, going forward at, at the first time or two. I mean, look, we've had, you know, Davis Love has now, you know, he's been an assistant uh, in 18 and 21 for the Ryder Cup. And he was in a President's Cup assistant, too. I mean, the point is, is he, he was a captain twice. Now he's been an assistant twice since. You know, and, and, and Furyk was an assistant this time. That, that, you know, he was the last captain. So the whole idea is for there to have people in the room who were there before. And, you know, for Phil to say that, I think, is important because I was wondering if Phil was going to manage to skip ever being a vice captain because he's Phil. Right. You know, he's played on 12, what, he played on 12 Ryder Cup teams, 11 President's Cup teams. Does he really need to be an assistant captain? You know, probably not, but I think it would have been a bad sign if he hadn't been. Well, you know, because he's the, he's the one who started this whole thing. Right, you absolutely. Know? And, of course, you know, Tiger stepping up and, and being a vice captain also paid that way as well. No question, you know. So, listen, they're, they're in great shape going forward, but as I, you know, I, I think people are misconstruing, you know, like I wrote it after the Ryder Cup, you know, they're they're set for years to come. That doesn't mean they're going to win for years to come, you know. Uh, it's and we've still... got to go across the pond and win right. it, Bob. Back to I back mean, before we start, you know, beating our chests. I mean, this is, the, uh, first of all, this is the first time the U.S. has won consecutive ones at home in forever. Right. Let alone winning consecutive Ryder Cups. I mean, you know, they haven't won back-to-back Ryder Cups since 93, which is also the last time they won overseas. It's going to be 30 years. <laughs> um, it's going to be 30 years in, uh, in 2023 since they last won overseas. So, you know, that's where, like, if part of me was sort of like, you guys are being a little bit, like, just go ahead and win. I wouldn't worry so much about setting records and get big heads, you know, like being a little bit more humble might have been the way to go. You know, uh, you know, obviously it was nice to set a big record, and it gave them, a, you know, a good feeling, and, you know, these guys are riding high. But something tells me in two years' time, Europe is going to be plenty fine. And, you know, I know people don't put the President's Cup up there as high, but the last two President's Cups on the road have been close. I realize we seem to think that, yeah, nobody cares. Uh, the Americans, you know, they just waltz. At Royal Melbourne, the U.S. trailed going into the last day, you know, and, 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 pu- and pulled out a win. They won. They, I believe this final score was 15.5 to 14.5 in South Korea. And, and so, you know, one point. It came down to the last match. And so, obviously, 17 was a blowout, and next year it's in Charlotte. But, you know, I, I wouldn't get too, you know, too cocky. You know, things happen. It's, it's a 18-hole a match play. So, in any case, long-winded point here, 
I don't think they should be counting on winning all of the next five or six. Go ahead and win one overseas, and then you can start maybe talking about that. And uh, and and I just don't think it'll be easy. I mean, it just never is over there. It, 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 a lot of things went the U.S. way this this time. You know, you, Europe will be motivated. Uh, Big time. And, and and they still, let's face it, Rom, Sergio, Hovland. Um, throw Ma- throw Molinari in because it's going to be in Rome. you got to believe he's going to get his game back and be right, totally exactly. motivated. I mean, he was 5-0 and the last time. Didn't even play in this once. You know, so... Um, you know, they, they'll, they'll, I think they're, you know, obviously they might be lacking some depth, but, uh, you know, Justin Rose could emerge again. Uh, I, I, you know, I think Shane Lowry proved himself to be pretty worthy. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think they're, I think they're going to come back and they're going to be, you know, I, I haven't even mentioned Rory. I was just going to say, how about Rory? You know, you know, I mean, so. Let's, you know, I, I, first of all, I think it sets up for this thing being great. It always is, but I think it's going to be really compelling the next time. And the U.S. putting it to them, I think, makes it, will make it even more intense. Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of the, the process, uh, this year there were six captain's picks, you know, because of COVID. Do you think that's going to continue, Bob? Because, you know, in the past when they've, you know, tried to figure out who they're going to put in the mix, having these extra picks seem to really help in, in terms of the pairings. I don't understand why you would change it. You know, I mean, you can always go off the list if you want. And really, that's what they did. He went one, he took the top 10, you know, he took the top 10 in points. True. So you can still do that. But it just gives you that added, you know, there's just that that added ability to to be creative if you, if you feel you need to or if somebody really falls out of form. I mean, let's be honest. When you start giving points to guys the year before, which, frankly, I would change that, you know. I mean, guys will start earning points in 2022 at the majors and the players' championship uh, and I'm not sure if the W. Well, there's only going to be one WGC, I, so that might count. And real, I realize it's not as many points, but it's still points. Yes. And you, you know? get some guys that come out of the blocks hot, and then they kind of cool off. I mean, DJ was one of those. Uh, however, you know, he certainly rose yeah. to the occasion. But you know, D, DJ would have never. DJ would have never been, um, uh, you know, not picked. Right, but he's a great example of a guy who hadn't really done anything. He earned all of his points early. Yes, you know, like through the fall of 2020, you know, the Masters. You know, he had a high, he had a high finish at the U.S. Open in the fall. Um, you know, he was he had a couple of good finishes early this year, and then he kind of fell off. Remember, we were wondering about his form going in. Yeah. Uh, I, I might have mentioned this to you. We might have talked about this, but. On the Thursday night after the opening ceremony, he went out. He got out of his dress clothes and went out to the range to hit balls. He was the only guy to do that. Wow! And you know, with a long week ahead, yeah. After a long week already, like that's not something you would do. And everybody, you know, that, who noticed it, kind of said, "Wow, I wonder, I wonder if uh, if he's searching. Mm. You know, like if something's wrong." And of course, he goes out and. 
you know, he was really, really good. So, but anyway, he's an example. Obviously, it wouldn't have happened in his case. But you can see a guy who gets hot, who's up in the points all year, and then, like, he finishes, like, eighth or ninth and really hasn't done anything, maybe missed some cuts, didn't make the playoffs or something, or didn't make the tour championship, and the captain decides, you know what, I'm going to go with somebody else. And that's why, why not Why not keep the flexibility? I, I think it makes complete sense. Uh, an interesting tidbit that came out uh, at uh, the Shriners Open this week was about Harris English his putter grip nearly being disqualified Sunday morning before his singles match. Yeah, I saw that, and I think my question that came to mind was, does that mean he played all year with a non-conforming grip? And he just, you know, because it wasn't called out, he's okay. I guess, you know, I guess he is because the tournaments are over. Um, of course, that's a, you know, that's one of those things where, um, he said he's been playing with that since, you know, his days in Georgia. That's that's a pretty long stint with a putter. Right. And, and you know, obviously the, the, the grips wear out. And, yeah. And the end of it, like, wasn't conforming, I guess. And let's be honest, it's not going to help Not going to help him. It's not going to matter with whether or not he played well or not, I don't think. Um, but, you know, the rules are rules. It's interesting that it came to that. Yeah, uh, and, and I'm you sure know, it was we, a little we, we nerve those, for him. We know those guys, too, have, you know, they're also a little superstitious. So, you know, I, uh, changing something up, even like a putter grip, you know, could uh, could get in their head. Speaking of that, a bunch of caddy change-ups, Bob. Um, caddies have been in the news the past few months, and uh, most notably, Bones McKay. Phil's longtime caddy going to uh, caddy for loop for uh, JT Justin Thomas. He's he's leaving his gig at NBC. Yeah, I don't think he's he's still going to work a couple of events. It sounds like, but only a few. And uh, so that's kind of a loss for us because I think he's been really good. Yes. And um, you know he's done a really nice job and and great insight and um, but. Um, but shows you what his real passion is, doesn't it, Bob? No, no question. And I've talked to him before, and you could tell. You could tell. He I missed mean, it. He missed the fraternity. There, there were times when he took little one-off gigs to tell you. Because otherwise, why would you do that? I mean, he caddied. I don't even think people remember. He caddied for Jimmy Walker at the Masters in the fall in, in 2020. He caddied for JT a couple times last year. He caddied for Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, coming out of the um, COVID break, you know, a couple of for a couple of events, right? Um, so you know, he he had been doing it a little bit here and there, and uh, and obviously, uh, you know, the chance to caddy for a guy like Justin Thomas is probably pretty hard to pass up. Yeah. So I... uh, yeah, you know, I don't know what the deal is with Jimmy Johnson. You know, uh, JT made a point to say he was not looking to change. So it sounds like it was his decision. You know, maybe he's had enough. You know, he's well, he's had 60s. some health issues, hasn't he? Yeah, he did. You know, he, that's why Bones caddied for JT last year because he, I believe it was at the memorial where um, he got dizzy or something. Or, right, and, yeah. and he ended up he ended up like not caddying then again until the playoffs. Bones filled in for him there for a couple of events, including a win in Memphis. So. Um, 
yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's possible that, you know, he maybe just wants to take a break, you know, or, but uh, in any case, uh, it's a, you know, it's, it's a big, it's a big deal, big deal. Yeah. And that, uh, given that JT probably felt he had, you know, uh, not his best year, and it certainly didn't start off well at the, the beginning of the year, uh, this would be also a, a bit of a fresh start for, for JT, too. No question. You know, in JT, the Flavors Championship, he would probably call this a disappointing season. Um, you know, he just, you know, he really didn't contend in the majors. Um, I thought he cup, but, uh, you know, he just, it, he was off. He wasn't quite the same. You know, he needed a big final day to win the players. You know, shot, he had, a, you know, he had one of the great rounds. He, he hit 17, but eight, uh, 17 of 18 greens and the 18th, he was on the fringe, you know, and then he, he shot 64, you know, and that, that's the JT that we know, the guy who, who's a great ball striker and can hit a lot of greens. He just... He seemed to be off at times, and his putting let him down. And you know, he wasn't the force in the majors that he would have liked to have been. And uh, you know, so maybe you know, maybe a caddy change. You know, even though I don't think he was looking for one, you know, does him some good. Well, we've got a a big new event in our backyard here in Florida, Bob, on the Champions Tour, the Constellation Furick and Friends event, which begins tomorrow. Uh, at Timaquana in in Jacksonville, and Phil is playing in that. You know, interesting. He got some questions about you know his future on the PGA Tour Champions, and um, you know it sounded like again he's 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 not. They they asked him you know did he want to be like Bernhard Langer and run up a massive amount of victories, and he said. You know, I think if that was important to me, I would be out here playing every week because now is kind of the window when I have a bit of an advantage with some of my length. Uh, so, you know, and then he talked about also that he's that he's going to go back into the gym for the next three months to get ready for 2022 to get his you know strength and and um, elasticity and speed back up. So it sounded to me like Phil's still still wanting to be out there on the big boys tour, Bob. Yeah, and, you know, and that's that's what we've seen here lately is that these guys who remain competitive into their late forties just have a hard time pulling away. You know, uh, Stricker had a hard time. You know, he, he did. He still played a good amount on the regular tour, and and you know it probably costs them their chances on the. Uh, on the Champions Tour, it looks like Furyk has made the move. You know, he's decided to play on the Champions Tour. And, and he's um, doing very well. Yeah, and same with Ernie Els to a degree. You know, Ernie's not played much regular tour golf now anymore. Uh, and frankly, you know, they need those guys. They could use Phil out there uh, a few more times. Phil, it would be nice if Phil... I mean, look, here I'm saying this. Phil just won a major. Right. You know, so was he going to play the senior majors? Probably not. You know, he needed – I didn't blame him at all for wanting to put his focus on being ready for the rest of the schedule. It was a Ryder Cup year. And, you know, it just didn't work out. He didn't play that great. You know, he's not really had a high finish since he won. True. So, you know, Phil always typically does well on the West Coast. You know, he, he's got his event that, you know, his, his, uh, 
He's, you know, like the ambassador for that event in Palm Springs, the American Express, Tory, Phoenix, Eight Pebble Beach. Those are all tournaments he likes to play. And uh, so uh, let's see, let's see if he can get off to a quick start. You know, and uh, but you know, this week or even even you know last last year, the first two times he played, he won. You know, and, and it's it's a nice boost for your confidence to win, no matter no matter who you're playing against. So, um, uh, I, I but I, I do think we're not going to see Phil out there full time for a while yet. So the other big big news this week: Bryson and Brooks. They hinted <laughs> that something was in the works, and uh, they will be playing. I don't know what version of the match in Las Vegas uh, over Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It came up a little at the Ryder Cup. Bryson sort of dropped a hint about it. and You know, now it's very, if you want, it's very easy to be cynical about this whole thing. You know, was some of it staged, you know, certainly towards the end, just mm-hmm. so that it could lead to something like this? Uh, you know, I was reading, uh, looking up, you know, they've only been grouped together like four times. Uh... uh and not at all, like in the last, you know, I'm talking about in a regular event. Right. Not at all in, you know, like the last two years or year and a half. You know, so the tour has made a point to not put them together. And then they've not organically been grouped together. And frankly, that's what we want. You know, we want them playing in a two ball on Saturday or Sunday. Heads you know, up. In one of the, Heads yeah, in, up. One of the last, in one of the last groups. Yeah. You know, this is this is fine. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, you know, I, I, I see all the negativity. Oh, I won't be watching. You know, the people who, who make a point of saying they won't be watching are typically the ones who watch. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's like it's, it's, it's not going to change the world. I mean, just take it for what it is. I mean, you know, it, it's entertainment on, on a holiday weekend exactly. when there's no golf. Exactly. You know, and, and if it gets good, great. But, I mean, I don't know that I expect it to be. I mean, I think it was a smart move to play 12 holes because 18 holes kind of labors with only two players. Agree. I don't know how they're going to configure that. It seems a a little bit odd, but, um, you know, they're playing at the Wind Golf Club in Las Vegas. And, yes, uh, maybe, you know, maybe this putting it in a tighter window is is a good thing. Yeah, I think so. You know, look, it's it's also not a bad idea. If they're smart, they'll use it as a way to promote 12-hole rounds, you know. Amen uh, to that. There's there's something to be said for twelve hole golf, uh, in in the public domain, you know. You know um, the, the fact that you bring that up is interesting. I've got a friend who's uh, very involved in tournament golf up in Wisconsin, and he and I had a conversation uh, a few weeks ago about how uh, a number of charity events up there have gone to twelve holes which I found fascinating, and he said it's been hugely well-received and successful. You know what? It's a great idea because, especially since, what do these things do? They try to have five sums and you know, two groups on a tee, and, you know, it turns into six hours, you know, and 12 holes is just a great idea. You know, I just think, you know, it's, 
especially when it's something like that, and, and nobody, you know, especially people, when people aren't playing their own ball, especially if you're playing like a scramble right. or, you know, uh, what do they call it, uh, you know, where everybody, you know, where, where they, where, where you, everybody plays their own ball from the best drive. Yep. Um, you scramble. Know, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, right, exactly. So, so, you know, and then, you know, everybody's still together. They're playing golf. It's, you're still out there for a while. It's not nine holes, but 12 is like the perfect number. And so I, I, I hope they use that as a way to promote it, you know, because I think golf courses need to get on board with it. Um, they need to get on board with a configuration that allows for 12 holes if they can possibly do it, you know, and, and have a rate set up for that. and. And encourage it because it beats the heck out of, well, I don't have time for 18 holes. Exactly. You know, and I, I, nine holes isn't enough. You know, I know for myself, 12 holes is perfect. You know, I, because I just, I just know by like the 13th or 14th hole, I'm starting to look at the, at my phone to see what time it is. Yes. The distraction factor definitely starts to sink in. It's crazy. So, I mean, you know, in, in that regard, and especially if you're playing an alternative format, like, you know, quota points or something. Your, your overall score doesn't really matter. So we'll see. But I, that's what, that's not why they did this. But maybe that's one of the benefits that will come from it. Uh, we'll 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 stay tuned on that one. And uh, finally, we are uh, now in the wraparound season. Yes, there's more golf to be played uh, over the next few weeks. And uh, actually, one of the fall favorites here, Bob, this week, the Shriners Children's Open in Las Vegas. And uh, a bunch of the Ryder Cup guys will be in the field. Brooks Kepka, Victor Hovland, Harris English, and Scotty Scheffler all teeing it up. Yeah, it's not, it's not bad. I mean, this is the thing, you know, a lot of these tournaments in the fall are getting a sprinkling of, of name players because they don't want to get behind. You know, and, you know, there's, <laughs> there's another story altogether, but the, I think the Shriners is helped by the fact that they moved the CJ the CJ Cup to Vegas again this year. So it's going to be a two-week swing in Vegas. And I think, the, you know, the players li- I think the players like that. You know, some of them, will, you know, they'll play two events in the same town. They don't have to move or anything, and one of them's a no-cut event. So, um you know, yeah. So I, I, you know, I think this week's tournament benefits from it, uh, and um, you know, a long time event on the tour. It's, it's, you know, there's, there should, there probably needs to be a tour event in Las Vegas every year. So you know, the fact that they have two now for two years in a row is kind of cool. Yeah, very cool. And uh, Sam Burns is also in the field. Adam Scott, Patrick Reed, Webb Simpson, Hideki Matsuyama. So, uh, you know, pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty good mix of players in the field. Yeah, it sure is. And, you know, you'll see a pretty good number next week. And then, you know, uh, they are going to Japan for the Zozo, um, which, uh, you know, Hideki's going to play there. And it's, it sounds like Shoffley and Ricky and uh, I think Morikawa. So they'll have a decent field over there. I'm frankly kind of surprised because the LPGA did cancel an event in Japan. Um, but I don't, I just know that Zozo, you know, they, they don't sell any product in the U S right. you know, they, 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 they want their event to be in Japan. And so they're going to, they're going to do it. And then there's no China second year in a row. They come back the, there's Bermuda and then, you know, pretty soon, pretty soon we're into Thanksgiving and it's, and it's over for the fall. 
Right. Well, um, we'll enjoy uh, we'll enjoy a few more weeks before it's turkey time, and uh, it's time for you, Bob, to throw your dart. Who's uh, who's your pick for the Shriner Children's Open? Well, you know, my pick last week didn't work out too well. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't going to point that out. <laughs> he, he made a he made a run to make the cut, but um, you know, I think he was what? out of gas. Probably so, and that was the thing. Was he gonna? Was he? You know, or was he gonna be motivated, or was he gonna be out of gas? I could see him being out of gas. You know, look, the guys, the European guys you played in Scotland, a bunch of them did pretty well. You just thought they'd have really been out of gas. Yeah, so, especially um, with the travel. I, I right, agree. So, but so we'll cut they, Sergio some slack. Exactly. Yeah. You know, listen, Scheffler's got to get one one of these days. I think so, his confidence meter is pretty high right now. I I think that's a good pick. He should he should he really does need to seize on it. You know, go ahead and seize on it and uh, and then try to keep the momentum going. All right. Well, we appreciate your time as always, Bob Herrick, ESPN.com. Thank you so much. Thank you.